You're listening to the Plastic Surgery Revolution with Dr. Stephen Davis, the one and only podcast that discusses modern plastic surgery and leaves you looking great and feeling better. Welcome, everyone, to the Plastic Surgery Revolution. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Davis, board-certified plastic surgeon. So we're going to continue in this series of really talking more and more about um, the intricacies of certain cosmetic plastic surgery procedures and the, the aspects of these that you may not really know enough about, even though you may think you know these procedures pretty well. So the one I want to hit today is talking about facelifts. Now, I guess in the world of plastic surgery, the word facelift is kind of synonymous almost with thinking about a plastic surgery procedure because they've been around for a long time. And many, many years ago, you would recall that famous actresses and people that you would see on TV all the time, when they started to look really different or all of a sudden they used to look older and now they look younger, you would think, oh my God, they had a facelift. And years ago, there really weren't so many nuances to it, if you will. There was like a facelift, just like years ago, there was like a nose job or a rhinoplasty. And pretty much everybody that had one of those kind of looked the same. Nowadays, however, with all of these procedures getting more and more, if you will, like in, in the terms that I like to talk about, they're becoming more and more elegant. There are more ways of doing it in a way that's specific for what you really want. And if we had to talk about one that's the, the quintessential procedure like that, it's a facelift. And the reason that I'm saying it's such a, a synonymous type of procedure with plastic surgery is because we talk about that all the time. Even if your building looks better, people will say, oh, what did you get? A facelift for the building or the building got a facelift or your office got a facelift. So we know that it means that it's a way of making you look redone. It makes you look uh, lifted. It makes you look more youthful. At least that's what it really is supposed to do at its essence. And now I'm sure it's conjuring up in your mind many other things besides just looking healthy and lifted and more youthful. You're starting to think about people that have, you know, you always bring up to me people like Joan Rivers, people like, um, uh, you know, other, other people, I guess, in the media or other people that are stars that have had some procedures to their face that make them look totally different than what they used to. For a guy, it was always Kenny Rogers. For a woman, it was always Joan Rivers that you would bring up. But nowadays, because there are so many different ways to address the face and the neck, I really wanted to make sure that I'm hitting this. So one of the first things that I can tell you is when you're coming in to talk about a facelift, I'm going to ask you, have you had anything done to your face in the past? You may say, no, I never had a facelift, but have you had facial fillers? And what kinds of facial fillers? Have you had any liposuctioning done to your neck or your jawline? 
Have you had Kybella injected or any radio frequency procedures? Or how about cool sculpting to your neck? All of those things will definitely alter the integrity of the underlying tissues. So that's one of these things that you need to know going in for a consultation on a facelift. Because so many times when I talk to you, I'll ask you things and like, unless I really probe it deep enough, I won't get the response that, oh yeah, I did have cool sculpting to my neck a few years ago. Well, that's a good thing to know because it will alter how the scar tissue in that neck area is going to be when we get into that zone and have to do a real surgical type of a procedure there. Let me ask you a couple other questions about that. Is it more about your jowls and your neck than it is about the mid portion of your face? Again, another great question to ask because we can make that facelift or neck lift more of what we would call a lower face neck lift and not involved all not involve altering anything really in that upper or mid part of your face to the extent that you may feel uncomfortable because i know many of you when you come in and you've talked to me about having a facelift you didn't want your eyes to be pulled in a weird way you didn't want your nasolabial folds to be so pulled away that it altered the way your mid part of your face looked or making your mouth look different so a lot of those things go into what type of a procedure do we actually want to perform on you to get the results that you want and again Let's even be more specific about that. Let's talk about the neck in particular. If it's really more about your neck, we have neck lifts that we can do where we really stay away from the face completely and we just make the neck look smoother and more youthful and take away the excess skin and maybe sew up some of the muscles that are starting to give those band-like things in, in the middle part of your neck. So those types of things can all be discussed. Let me ask you a couple other questions about this. How long has it been since you've had fillers put in your face? And what type of filler was it? Was it Sculptra? which is going to cause your body purposely now to form scar tissue or collagen in the places where the sculpture was placed. Have you had micro needle radio frequency done recently? And what kind of changes have occurred? Have you had laser procedures done for acne scars or wrinkling? So all of these things, believe it or not, can be used to help guide the surgical aspect of this facelift to make it a better recovery, a more natural look, if that's what you're going for, and to also give the surgeon who's going to be doing your facelift a little bit of help in understanding what he's getting himself involved in and what he may be anticipating when he gets in there. The last part of this that I want to bring up is so many of you have come in to see me that have had facelifts many years ago, maybe 10 years or more. And at this point, it's more about doing a touch-up of the facelift. And I've seen so many of you that have had it done maybe, you know, 
10 years ago, eight years ago, and it was done by a, a surgeon when you lived somewhere else. And we don't really have any records of what type of a, of a facelift was done. So that's also an important concept in understanding what are we really trying to address at this point? Because so many of these types of facelifts that are called deep plane facelifts or facelifts years ago, we started to talk about doing a sub periosteal facelift, which means that we're not just going under the skin or the muscle, but we're even going below that and actually lifting things off of the coating of the facial skeleton. And those procedures were called subperiosteal facelifts. So over all of these years, especially when I was a resident all the way through to these 30 years of being in practice, the term, if you will, facelift has really morphed because there are people out there right now doing phenomenal facelifts that are doing what we call an extended deep plane facelift. And they can give phenomenal, beautiful results for extensive periods of time. But when that person comes back for another facelift, depending on where they're going, it's not always that easy to do another one of those deep plane facelifts because you have to remember every time you're entering into one of those planes or one of those dissected areas, your body's going to glue it down by forming scar tissue in those locations. So trying to elevate those planes again or trying to elevate those tissues off of some of that scar tissue may get into really even more complicated type surgeries. So when you're going in to ask for your facelift, make sure you're sharing with your plastic surgeon all of these things because they will impact the kind of a procedure that you're really going to be going for. And lastly, I just want to add that doing things that can help the facelift look more natural and have a longer lasting result has also come full circle because years ago we used to talk about fat grafting to the face and then that fell out of favor for a little while. And now that we have better ways of grafting that fat so that harvesting it is much more gentle and the lasting results from that fat transfer is so much better that now instead of trying to just pull the face really tight, we can get rid of any of the laxity of skin that we want to, but now make the face look more youthful by adding some volume back to the face at the same time of the facelift by appropriately placing fat that we're taking from you in locations that give you a more youthful lifted appearance. And it's also going to be restoring areas where you may have lost some fat due to the aging process. You've been listening to the Plastic Surgery Revolution. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Davis, and I'll be back with you again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Plastic Surgery Revolution with Dr. Stephen Davis. Please subscribe to our show in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. Keep listening, looking great, and feeling better.